Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. And with us right now, Blake Johnson. Blake, you're a serial entrepreneur. My friend, you have started, launched, uh, grown, and exited a lot of very successful companies. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk about that and talk about that process. Uh, Notably, uh, Byte, B-Y-T-E, which uh, we were just talking about this. So according to Harvard, the fastest growth to a billion dollar valuation with no uh, investor capital, right? All, how, first off, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now let's talk about how. <laughs> how does so, someone do that? So, so everybody uh, has, I've been asked that question many times here over the last few months. And well, Byte was started officially in March of 2017 and uh, and we sold it to a, a big public dental conglomerate in at the end of, of 2020 for over a billion dollars of cash. Um, and, and that question, as you've noted, is, is, uh, has been asked a number of times. What was important about that is that the business model in itself wasn't four years old. It was one that we'd been kind of scripting and, and cultivating over you know, over the last 10 to 15 years. So what we've really tried to focus on are some key kind of core fundamentals in in a business. One of which uh, at the top of our charts is always delivering a great consumer experience. Mm. And the second is profitability. And when you hold yourself accountable to both those elements, you you are forced for, for better, for worse, to look at the world through a different lens than I think have traditionally been been looked upon. And most businesses are are kind of valued most on growth and more recent in the last decade plus, you know, growth at all costs. We have never subscribed to that. We've never had the luxury because we've kind of refused to take outside capital along the way. We've never had the luxury to to go deep in the coffers and, and burn a lot of money. Instead, we've had we've been forced to focus on you know unit economics cost per acquisition and a lot of a lot of metrics which really drive the business complemented by creating a really good product that that make consumers happy and and that when they buy have a have a great experience and a great journey you know yeah. while they're using utilizing our product you know when you when you don't have or you choose not to go to the bank and you know just grab a blank check right you know you, you're forced to get resourceful and I think it, you know, it it really sharpens you as to, uh, you know, how you can get this in the hands of people much, much, much you know, in a much scrappier way, um, but much, maybe possibly much more authentic and organically. Correct, correct. I mean, not to, not to go back to the numbers, but, but. You know, being in my position, I'm chairman of YPO Los Angeles this year. Actually, today was my last day. Mm. I was uh, I was happy to transition out and hand off the baton this morning. But I, I have the luxury of seeing a lot of different 
businesses at scale. And what I found is there's some pretty strict commonalities, both good and bad, on, on both sides of the fence of businesses that traditionally do well and businesses that uh, struggle at times and, and ultimately you know, don't make it. And what I've noticed is that the, the folks and, and entrepreneurs and executives, CEOs, et cetera, that really get granular on metrics and the per unit economics mm. of a customer and, and, and really focus on both, both revenue on one side and, and the expenses on the other and, and don't fool themselves. I always kind of have an age old term that I heard my dad say when I was really young, whatever you're planning on in business, plan on it taking twice as long, being twice as hard and costing yeah. twice as much. Yeah. And I think, you know, business owners as a whole get, you know, enamored in their business and they're always looking at the best case scenario, what could happen as opposed to really being sober about it and focusing in on what if that plan A scenario didn't happen? What's my plan B? What's my plan C? And so forth. And when you force yourself to look at it and, and be a skeptic and, you know, really get familiar with all of the costs to run your business. How much does it cost to bring a customer in? What's your overhead? You know, what's your shipping cost, manufacturing, servicing costs, whatever that might be specific to a, an individual business. Mm-hmm. You know, and and really, you know, don't don't cheat yourself along the way. You know, run that extra mile to dream up all these extra costs that that could possibly come into the picture at, at a later point. And then on the opposite side, how long is it going to take you to get your revenue? you know, from the customer? Is it two weeks? Is it two months? Is it two years to really hit that, you know, lifetime value of a, of a specific customer or client or, or whatever, it, you know, your, your moniker may be for, for those people. Um, and then once you get that in and understand all those elements, you gotta be, you gotta force yourself to start tailoring, you know, your expenses or get creative with, with generating more revenue on the other side to make each unit profitable. And mm. when you can do that successfully, you know, that, and, and you can also do that at scale, that's when you have kind of the tiger by its tail. And that's what we've really focused on um, over the last few businesses. By it was my last one. My, my The one prior to that was a, a huge success called a finance company called Currency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had a, a host of others prior to that. But that's the common trait we saw between all, all those businesses. And it's not easy. It doesn't come day one. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a process to get everything to fit cleanly in their boxes. Yeah. Um, what is the value of your, your network and how much effort have you put into building relationships with people? Um, and, and how has that impacted your business success? Great question. Uh, the, the network is everything. You know, the relationships you have with people are everything. In order to do something well and to do something at scale, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of people operating in concert. And not only do you have to be thoughtful about who you surround yourself with and who's on your team, but, but most importantly, how they're incented and how they're aligned. You could have the best, you know, idea and the best product you know, on the face of the earth. And unless you have the people yourself aligned with the people on your team, it's going to fail. 
it's going to fail because at scale, there's too many competing interests and there's there's too many people pulling, uh, you know, in, in different ends of the rope. But the network is key. I always give the analogy of, you know, businesses and the way I look at a business and, and building a team is like a baseball team. What makes a great pitcher makes a really, really bad first baseman. You know, what makes a great outfielder doesn't necessarily translate into making a great catcher. And you can give that, you know, analogy to different sports. But where I focus and, and is really making sure two things, we recruit the best people and align ourselves with the best people specific to the base that should be played and that everybody plays their own position and stays in their own lane. Problems happen when, you know, the second baseman starts criticizing the first baseman and saying, hey, I think I could play first base better, you know, and, and, and that cause, causes a lot of dissension on them on a team, we in turn try to keep those lanes very focused and everybody aligned operating and running towards the same goal. And what's good for one is good for all. And what's bad for one is bad for all. But at the core base of it all, the network and whether it's people you you see every day or vendors or partners you rely on are absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So your first, what was your first venture, right? Where it was like your company, your co-founder, founder, or whatever. It was in 2005 and, and I became an accidental entrepreneur at that yeah. point. I was, I was headed, <laughs> uh, I was headed, I did well, I, I graduated school in 99 and I, I had a good run at a company and did, did really well. And, uh, from a sales standpoint, yeah. um, was headed off to grad school. And as I was headed off, I got an offer totally unsolicited and unexpected. It was not thrown in my lap, but rather uh, negotiated where the company it was a small company in Los Angeles, which brought me here, ultimately gave me 50% of the company to, to join forces. And mm. I was wow. good. I was good. I was good on one small portion of the business, which was revenue generation. I was really, really bad or had no experience on all the other more important 80% of, of operating a company. And but we were jumping into a, a great time in the economy in 06 and 07. And it became one of the fastest growing companies in Los Angeles. This was a finance company, an equipment leasing and finance company, where we provided capital to the small and medium-sized businesses throughout America and lent out hundreds of millions of dollars. But, um, you know, thought, thought we were great in, until 08 hit. And you know, got squarely kicked in the teeth in 2008 and 2009 and 10 for that matter. But it, that was one of the most painful and most educational, probably, you know, I, I think maybe I've had one or two more painful periods, but definitely the most <laughs> educational yeah. of, of my career is, is really understanding why businesses work and why businesses fail. And not only, you know, trying to deal with my own and, and get it through, which we did by a narrow margin, um, but it, 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 you know, you really got to see who was built strong and who wasn't during that time period. Yeah. But that was sure. my first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a serial entrepreneurs who have had their teeth kicked in a few times. Those are the MVPs, <laughs> you know, the one that's like, yeah, you know, just uh, ne never had uh, struggled with any kind of adversity. Yeah. Look out. That's a ticking time bomb, I think. So. Ticking time bomb. I was having this conversation yesterday. We're dealing yeah. with somebody that's a ticking time bomb specific to that. But yes, that's a common theme. 
Uh, Blake, you've spent a lot of time helping out on uh, your local community, worked with YPO, a lot of other uh, organizations. Like I, listen, I, I mean, I had, you know, my other company, Savings Angel did very well. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, when you learn something, you, you know, you, you develop those certain set of skills, you've got some success, like that is, I mean, it's always the time to give back, but now I feel like there's a special obligation, right? Is that, you know, I look at, you know, what was it that that propelled me to be successful? It was mentors. It was people who took time out of their day to help me out. And so therefore, that's just the pattern of generativity. Um, but why do you, you know, you just talked about being on the, uh, the, you were the president, right? YPO? The chairman this last chairman. year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So of why YPO. do you spend much time uh, volunteering? Spend a ton of time volunteering and, and have historically. I, I grew up in El Centro, California, right on the Mexican border. And El Centro is a big farming community, agriculture, but it also has, it's the undisputed number one heavyweight of uh, the unemployment rate. Wow. It has been. So the highest unemployment rate in the nation is El Centro, California. Wow. And it, being from a kind of agriculture, poor community, you know, I've recognized and recognized from, from a pretty early age, I've had a lot of people extend their hand at, you know, very sensitive moments in my life to give me an opportunity, whether to get an education or give me a job or, you know, whatever that might be. And have always been deeply appreciative of those things that were, you know, were offered to me. You know, nobody gave me the opportunity in, in, in the sense that, you know, I had to I had to work for it and I had to take advantage of it when the hand was was extended and and did, you know, 100 percent of the times. I believe it was 100 percent of the time. Um, but I've always recognized that the right thing has kind of popped up for me at the right time. And you know, it's been my obligation from an early age. And, you know, the first thing I did when I graduated college, I just, you know, I, I signed up to be a big brother, the big brothers, big sisters organization at 23. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, felt that I was, because I was fortunate, it was my duty to you know, extend that hand to others. And, and, you know, and it just kind of has grown as, as I've done better in business and, you know, and, and had the more ability to do so the, the, the net has been cast wider and wider. I have a, I have a call I'm looking forward to today at 4.30 here this afternoon with a, a young entrepreneur, this girl from, you know, the wrong part of Los Angeles, Amalia Charles. And she's, uh, she's a, a budding entrepreneur and I've been helping her with a, a business uh, concept that she's, she's developing. And, you know, things like that are the best part of my week. You know, and, and seeing, you know, how these these little efforts can affect people's lives and give them a different trajectory in life is is uh, is something that I, I encourage everybody to experience, you yeah. know, and, and do because the, the the most appropriate time to start doing it was yesterday. Right. You know, and, and the more we can do it, you know, is is uh, there's always so many excuses, kids and sports schedules. And you know, I'll take that call from my son's little league game today. But you know, just trying to make time from for doing that. It's it's uh, it's important. And and you know, being in Los Angeles, you know, locally here in our backyard, you know, there's a lot to be done. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, do it for the impact that you get to have in the life of someone else. But I'm sure you've experienced some business uh, 
probably some things have happened positively for you professionally as a result of you just being out doing good stuff too. Like it, it, emotionally, of course, it's exceptionally valuable. I, I mean, I could speak for myself, like there would be no up my influence if I, I hadn't spent that time serving on pro bono boards and our local startup community here in Orlando. Um, but, you know, cause I'm like, I'm just going to keep helping out, you know, life is good. Business is good. I'm going to keep helping out. And then it just, it was just like another way, you know, level of networking that I unintentionally kind of bumped into and then opportunities sprung from that. Yeah. And anytime I think, you know, you're, you're out doing good deeds and, and communicating mm-hmm. and trying to surround yourself with like-minded people, car- karma takes full effect mm. at that point. And, you know, and doors open, opportunities open, you get the opportunity to meet new people and, and discuss new concepts, but it, it'll, it'll never hurt. It'll never hurt. And, and yeah. certainly, you know, and certainly it's opened some, some doors and, and also um, introduced me to some really great people that, you know, along the way that have been in turn able to learn from and experience new things along the way with. Yeah. All right. So Blake, what are you working on next? So we're, we're doing two things. I, I am doing uh, another consumer product um, called Alter. Um, which will be in the health and beauty in-home fitness space. I started working on that in 2009 or October 11, 2019. Mm. Um, started working on that pre-pandemic um, and it'll bring, you know, a new layer of, of nutrition um, direction and, and, uh, and both fitness in, into the home. Um, but it, but for the masses, you know, it, we're really focused on, changing the, you know, direction, knowledge, behavior of the people in America that traditionally don't have access to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, one of the, the second thing I'm working on, and I, I, this will be the first time I've ever worked on two things at once. We always kind of pride ourselves in uh, doing one thing and one thing. Well, yeah. there's, yeah. there's a, there's where I'm, I'm breaking my own rule, <laughs> but the, the next thing that I'm working on um, is a finance company called Uniform. And as crazy as this sounds, we're, and we did this with Byte. We, we incubated this with my last company, Byte, and put out you know tens of thousands of loans and it worked really well. But it's going to turn financing on its head, specifically consumer financing, where we're going to have one interest, a 7% interest rate, which you know from a consumer standpoint is, is appropriately low, um, never will increase after that, unlike credit cards and some other finance programs. Um, but one interest rate, one term, and one monthly payment for all credit grades. So effectively, whether you're an A credit or an F credit, you get the same deal. And there, it, it, this is going to, you know, I'm not going to give away the, the secret sauce because it's, it's, but we're aiming to uh, to do this and still have the yields on the backside for the finance company to withstand default rates um, and to still make a profit. And it'll yeah. be, um, you know, I can, you know, kind of solve a little bit for you, but the merchants that we're providing this for, for instance, a bite, um, will subsidize uh, the, the lower credits. And so with, you know, we, we played, you know, we separated church and state. We had, Byte Finance and, and Byte as an operating company, which sold clear and visible liners. And Byte 
buy it, the operating company would would when it when it sold its product to a lower tier credit would give a merchant discount, which helps subsidize the anticipated default rates mm. for the consumer. Again, looking you know to our theme of being you know best in class consumer experience. What's what's better than everybody gets the same rate, you know, the same term, everybody's treated the same, you know, especially on the heels of, of where our society is heading and what we're focused on really delivering a first in class consumer experience. So there's not the tug of war and, you know, the frustration that goes along with not getting approved for something or getting approved and yeah. being forced to pay a higher interest. Rate. Yes. Right. That's you know, so we, fun. <laughs> we really aim to solve that. Right. And, and we have, and we have, so now we're going to bring it and and when I say we have, we've done it with you know substantial volumes of people, and it and it works. It's just yeah. kind of being again forced to look at it in a different way, which we've traditionally done, and and turn things on their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Blake, you're uh, you you keep a blog at blakebjohnson.com. Any any other place that uh, folks should go? That uh, that predominantly has is the you know. The headquarters, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, I like writing. You know, those those blogs always come in, come out at about midnight or so. And, <laughs> and when yeah. I have some kind of thought in my head, I'm trying to apply to my business or my day or my family or friends or whatever it is, and then it tends to kind of make its way out on on paper there. But uh, that that has a lot of a lot of kind of thoughts and, and things I've been you know chewing on for the last thirty years. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those go back to my childhood. Um, that that are still applicable today, but that's that's uh, the main the main place. Awesome. All right. Well, Blake Johnson, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Your website, blakebjohnson.com. Uh, Blake, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks, Josh. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.